exciting news. Yes. It is launch week around these parts. So our Wayman Unlimited onboarding coaching program is now open for enrollment. If you are a digital creator who's looking to add more predictability, more profit, and more peace into your business, our Wayman Unlimited program is here to help you. Through our monthly onboarding coaching sessions, we'll remove the overwhelm of growing your business and give you specific marketing tactics to focus on each month so you can grow, but at a sustainable pace. Because we're all steady, about... Steady. Slow growth around here. We take a slow and steady approach to running a calm business so you can reach your business goals without sacrificing your well-being. By the way, also included in Wayman Unlimited is a lifetime account to our core software, Tea Tree, which is the most customizable and brandable course platform on the market. You also get access to a member favorite group accountability system we call Wayme of Stones. That's Please right. don't sue us, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where we blend fun and action taking together in our weekly Wayme Slack community through doing some accountability and sharing our goals, getting our tasks done every single week. That's right. If you are interested in joining Wayman Unlimited, head to wanderingaimfully.com slash join to learn more and get all the details. And just as a reminder, the doors will be open until March 26th. Welcome to What Is It All For? A podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Well, hello, and welcome to Wandering Aimfully Podcast called What Is It All For? You already know that, but I just decided to say it. Man, that sponsor that we have I know. seems really cool. Yeah, thank you guys. I don't want to go on thank about it. Thank you guys for listening through that whole ad read. It's without our your, first sponsorship. Without your listening, we wouldn't get sponsors like that. I know. <laughs> Can't wait to share our numbers with our sponsors. Uh, Pramble Tops. You got any Pramble Tops you want to go over? My Pramble Tops are... Did we talk about jury duty? Yeah, we did. I think so. Didn't we? I don't know. I did jury duty. <laughs> I almost had I a panic remember. attack. It yeah. sucked. But you for, did it. Your civic duty. I did my civic duty and just um, in case we already talked about it, let's keep this real short. <laughs> people are like, yeah, yeah we, we get know, it. We know. You <laughs> talked about it last week, you dumb dumbs. Listen to your own podcast. <laughs> oh, we're the worst listeners. Uh, I've got a Pramble Top. Do you ever so, listen to our podcast? When I edit it, yeah. But oh, very, yeah. but I like jump through. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. Sometimes. I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this. Yeah. It's only happened a couple of times. You know, this happens for like Netflix as well, where you're like, I'm really in the mood for X, but you just can't find the right thing. So right. every once in a while, I'll be like, I'm in the mood for like a business podcast where I can like get the brain juices flowing. Right. But I also want it to be kind of funny yeah. and like very conversational. And I just, I scoot around to a bunch of different podcasts and then I'm like, oh, it's our podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm so looking for. So you just for. listen to us. Well, once I arrive at that very silly realization yeah. where I'm literally looking for a podcast, I'm like, oh, wonder how that sounds because yeah. I haven't listened to it recently and I'll listen to like five minutes of it and then you're fine. I'll giggle because it's all the jokes that I find funny because obviously I'm Good. laughing on the podcast. Right. So anyway, yes, I listen to our podcast sometimes. <laughs> okay. Uh, my Pramble Top. So the cinnamon rollers will know that being a cinnamon roller is important yes. around here. The cinnamon lollers will know that being that a cinnamon loller is one step lower than being a cinnamon okay. roller. What it's did true. You say? We went, Nobody's lower. It is on the cinnamon rollers. No, no, no. Oh, listen, listen, lollers. Listen proven. up, lollers. This was proven in a poll. Don't. Oh, a Zoom oh, poll. Oh, Zoom polls are binding. It's a roll, loll, poll. 
<laughs> How happy are you? How happy are you? <laughs> I, wish you, I, wish you <laughs> I wish you guys could see her. She's never been happier in her time. <laughs> I can't yeah. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> uh, this is a moment. This is a moment. Yeah. Yeah, I have tears. I literally have tears. You made tears squirt out of my eyeballs Ew. with that. Yeah, Ew. with that roll lol pole. It's the roll lol pole. You guys know. Anyway, uh, well, the reason that I brought that up is... Let me breathe. I honestly am, like, spasming. Like, I can't decide. I, I took a lot of vitamins right before we started this, and I, like, kind of want to throw up. Like, for the first time? I think it'd be fun if it was just for the first time. Like, you're just like, guys, I just took a lot of vitamins. Oh, like, Flintstone vitamins just yeah. down, like, 10? All the kids' vitamins just okay. took a lot. I need to recover. Okay. For my cinnamon rollers out there, I I have not made cinnamon rolls in a while. This wow. summer, I went, or early in the summer, I was still on the I was still on the train. Spring, I was really into the baking. And then later on in the summer, I just, like, kind of took a break from it. As you do, you get tired of things. Sure. And I realized that I've been missing it. You know, I've been missing yeah. that, like, act of going in the kitchen I still make cookies fairly often. I mean, once to twice a week. Once a week. I try and keep it. If it's twice a week, it's usually for our friends. That's true. Our one set of friends. Um, (laughs) Let's be honest. Uh, But I I haven't put together a batch, and I I still... Well, not still. I often get DMs from people or emails from people. They're like, I saw this cinnamon roll recipe, or I saw this... And, like, I'm so happy that people think of me... As the... As someone who needs... like a fraud? That's what I was saying. It. So now friend. I got to get back in that kitchen to- and I got to whip up a batch. I need yeah, a fresh that, batch. Yeah. When I go to the grocery store, I think I'm going to get an orange. I want like an orange what? zested cinnamon roll from my next batch. Jason, what? Are you excited about that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited too. I, um, so I need to go to the grocery anyway for our normal grocery run. So I'm going to make sure. When do the fall flavors start being introduced? Like October. the pumpkins and the. Starbucks probably already has pumpkin spice lattes now. Yeah. But... Does anyone else feel holiday creep happening? Like. You know, I feel like Black Friday, we've in the past couple of years, I'm going to reverse engineer from Christmas. Okay, I was like... But like, I just remember the past couple of years, obviously last year, 2020, like we don't count that because it was weird. But the past couple of years, the like Black Friday sales have been like starting like two weeks before Thanksgiving. Like it's just yeah. everything starts creeping, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know we're like still a ways away from I that. I do, but right. then it's, then it's, then it's... Thanksgiving creeps up and and then it's Halloween and then we got Halloween decorations out in August and then everything's what's, just been creeping. What's we have Halloween decorations out? Stores? Okay, not us specifically. Oh, no, 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 we no, no, as no, a no, culture. no, 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 yeah. We're not those I people. Would, no, We're not you know uh, why? Yeah, what's up? I would love to be like a decorate for the holidays yeah. person because I decorate for Christmas and it makes me really happy. Yeah. It's just the sheer amount of things Stuff. that you need. Yeah. That is pro- prohibitive for us. We also, uh, our last Pramble Top, because we really do want to get into this week's episode because it's a, lot it's a of good, good juicy stuff. episode, um, is... This idea of Christmas for us this year is going to be very interesting. I know. We're going to be like, um, wh- who, Tiny Tim? Is that a thing? Tiny Tim? From the Christmas Never seen those of... movies. You know I've never seen any of the classic Christmas Tiny movies. T- you guys, is Tiny Tim a Christmas carol? Am I totally mixing stuff up right I don't now? know what you're doing. You took a lot of vitamins before this, and I'm a little <laughs> bit worried. My The reason why I brought that up is... We're planning to leave, fingers crossed, for our year of travel, basically January 1st. So to have like a full Christmas with like a tree and decorations and everything, it seems kind of silly. Although we were talking about the other day, I feel like we could probably still do that. And then we just have our Christmas decorations box in the tree or kind of like our last things that we're going to have. And then we still have the Christmas tree around. Like, I don't see any problem with that. When are we going to sell our bed? 
oh okay uh whenever you decide well we had talked about we've we've talked we can talk about this off air this is a lot of logistics well, can you circle back for me because i'm nervous now quickly for everybody who's also nervous and i don't <laughs> want to leave them hanging there's an airbnb right next door right and so what i have discussed is we should Booking book that, that for like for a week, week before before we leave and so that way we could sell our bed we could even do it two weeks before like whatever would make us feel most comfortable right and then we start really selling the big things like the couch, the TV, the the bed, like the stuff in the kitchen, all the stuff that you use all the time. And then we have a space next door that's fully furnished that we can live in. And it's 27 steps from our front door. <laughs> so we're just paying for the convenience of being able well, to like have book a... book that soon. Okay. Well, once we book our first leg of our trip, we can think about booking that as well. <sighs> Very exciting. All right. Those are the Paramble Tops this week. We really hope you enjoyed that journey. Gosh, that's always my I... favorite part. I need to go back and listen to that giggle fest because, man, that tickled my it was funny a good bone. One. It feels good in your heart to feel that laugh that loud, oh, doesn't I it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like, Did my heart feels good. school? No, we're done with Pramble Top. Sorry. Yeah, I can't for this. I have... All right, listener, you're going to have to wonder what I was, where I was going with that. <laughs> what did she wonder what in school? Find out next week on What Is It All For? Pramble Tops. Let's talk about the topic okay. of this episode. In this episode, we are talking about your offer yes as a business owner and more specifically a question that we get very often in is is it better to have one singular offer or multiple offers yeah and we're gonna attempt to answer that question in this episode yeah i really want to start with the bullet point that i added which is under the top of this Uh which essentially is this idea that there are a lot of people who think they have an online business yes And they go, I'm going to sell, let's just take an example. I'm going to sell making digital planners. This is not to throw shade at making digital planners. Digital planners are awesome. I think they're such a great way you can make money and build businesses. We have a bunch of people in Wayne who do that, love it. But here's the issue that I have, is when you go, I want to do that, I don't have any idea how to do that. Mm -hmm. But yet, this is my business. Mm -hmm. And what you really need to do is develop the skill. First. First. Yes. Hone the skill. Yes. Find your differentiation with the the skill. skill. Yes. Then do it. Absolutely. And the problem, because now just replace digital planners with anything. I want to make an online course. I want to write a book. I want to start a design business. I want to do any of these things. But guess what you don't have? The skill. The skill. Absolutely. So the the number one piece of advice we could give you, if you listen no further than this, develop a skill. And guess what that's going to mean? Time investment. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to spend one month, three months, six months, a year developing this skill. So maybe that means you're at a full-time job right now that you don't love. You stay at that full-time job for another year but in your off time, instead of trying to build a whole other business, you build the skill. The skill. Because, you get really yes. good at the thing so that then you get to a place where you go, oh, like I can whip out a digital planner tomorrow and I really, I can make a great one. It's my own style. I'm really good at it. Absolutely. I can crank that out. It's not, oh, I have to learn how to do all of the things that go along with that. Yeah. And then I don't even know how to do the actual thing. I don't know how to make the actual thing that people would buy. Yeah. And just to hit that home even further... When Jason says develop a skill, what he doesn't mean is only learn about that skill. Right. Take courses, read books for a year, and never apply it. Yes. So I'm not saying, I actually think learning is a key part of this process. So you want to learn from other people, you want to do some research, all of that. But the most important thing in developing a skill is actually exercising it. So yes, learn the theory or learn the how to do it or whatever, but then practice actually doing it. 
Uh, if it's a service-based skill like designing, for example, and you're learning how to design, you need to actually practice design on making things, yep. even if they're not for money yet. And so when we say develop a skill, we don't just mean research a skill, yep. we mean actually practice. Yeah, and, and this this is for you digital planner folks out there, make 10 digital planners. Exactly. For you website designers, design 10, 10 websites. websites. For you copywriters, write 10 sales pages. It'll probably need to be more than that. It'll probably need to be a lot more than that before you get to a place where it's, it's good enough to be something that you can sell. But I just think that's like the biggest, most important caveat that people look over and skip over because they don't wanna tell people the hard truth. Right. And the hard truth is if you don't have the skill cultivated, no matter how good your offer looks yep. or how good your marketing is or how great your Instagram strategy is or your Pinterest strategy. There's no foundation. There's no foundation. Them. And even if someone buys it and they get into it, they're like, oh, this isn't very good. Yeah. Then they don't tell anybody about it. And then you just have this really interesting problem of a couple of people bought it. So it feels like it's working. But what you, you didn't hear from anybody was like, it wasn't very good. Yeah. It's always and forever a leaky bucket and you're wondering what you're doing wrong. And it's just like we said, the foundation wasn't built from the start. So yeah. yes, that was a very good bullet point that you added to our notes. Oh, wow. Thank you. Which is start with a skill. Now let's talk about, you know, turning that skill into an So offer. let's say you have a skill. Yes. You have honed the skill and it's time to turn that thing into an offer. Right. So your offer is just simply something of value that someone is willing to pay you for. That's literally it. It's, That's it. It's the thing that makes your business money. So it's not the skill. It's sort of like how you package the skill into a thing someone can run their credit card on and, and pay you for. Yeah. Um, it could be a branding package. Yep. It could be a branding course. It could be a logo file. It, so I'm like in the same yeah. world here. But all of those are different offers of the same essential skill, if yeah. that makes sense. And and they, it needs to be clear. We, we tend to talk about this uh, idea of like a two word tango of like what this thing is. So it's one thing to call like an online course something fancy because you want it to stand out. An educational experience. An educational ethereal experience. That's wonderful for you to have as like your own way that you want to describe it to yourself. But people who are looking to learn and buy things don't know what that is. Right. So it needs to be very clear whatever your offer is this is the thing. Now, right. if you want to brand it and have that name with it, that's totally fine. But somewhere it needs to say online course, yeah. ebook, digital planner, branding package. People know these terms. Yep. These are well-worn. Put those terms explicitly where your offer resides. Right. That's a good tip is speak in the language that your customer understands. Yeah. You can always add to their quote unquote vocabulary when you're on their sales page or whatever, but you need to start off by speaking the language that they understand. Perfect example. The yes. sponsor of this episode, the Wandering <laughs> Infly Unlimited. <laughs> right. What does that mean? What is that? It means nothing. That is an unborn group coaching That program. is a two word tango. It's yep. group coaching. Yep. Oh, okay, great. I can put that. That's a good thing they and then, did. And then, by the way, what else did they do? They added that little bit in there, unboring. So they're planting a new seed yeah. of a vocabulary term. But the core thing that someone's going to understand is the group coaching program. Wow, what a what a great sponsor. Wow. That really fit in nicely. I know. Yeah. So, Guys, it's us. <laughs> we're the sponsor. <laughs> uh, the other thing I just wanted to note before we get into is it better to have one offer, multiple offers, whatever, is just the importance of getting your offer right. Yeah. So I think somebody out there needs to hear this right now you've kind of been spinning your wheels on the marketing and the messaging and all this stuff not realizing that the offer itself is the thing that you need to be tweaking because the thing is if you if you have a a great offer you can always change the marketing in order to kind of tweak that 
but you you know you could have the best marketing in the world but if the offer sucks like you're you don't have a business yeah and you know that I mean? we are an example of that so when wandering Inflay started we had our membership i'm putting in quotes and it was a monthly recurring thing but no one really knew what they were getting. They didn't right. know what the membership part of it really meant. And we were trying to shoehorn in, okay, you get the Slack community and you get um, access to these courses and you get this dashboard that we spent too much money on and you get you know, a teachery account, but it just didn't feel like a membership. It felt like you just got access to a bundle of things. And it, they're like, well, what problem is this solving? So exactly. we had a lot of work to do on the positioning and the messaging of our yeah. offer. And once we, nailed that in everything else fell into place so much better yeah, yeah. and it's one of those things too where I, I just think you need to be okay with you're going to get it wrong in the beginning so it's all right if you don't do it right early on and you have to understand that you can tweak that offer you can change the offer over and over and over until you find something that really sticks but don't wait to find the perfect offer before you start doing things right you've got to be able to go okay uh, you know wandering infant membership we we even were honest ourselves we're like we don't know what this is but we just need to move forward with something so that we can get some people in the door whether they buy or not and then listen to what they're saying right and that's where so many of you who are creating maybe your first offer or you've got a couple and you don't know if they're working or what's going on that's where you need to get them in front of people and, and listen and go okay does this resonate does this make yeah. sense to you what's different what what needs to change <clears throat> Here's a metaphor. Oh, let's do it. I think of it like, you know, like a pottery wheel. I you've, do know a pottery wheel. I've seen the movie Ghost. You've seen the movie Ghost. Yes. So like you get the hunk of clay on the wheel and then as the thing spins, you're shaping it into like a vase that you yeah. want to create. It would be so hard to just literally from start to finish, take that that piece of clay and shape it into a vase. Like right. just right from the get go, you, you would just know the vase that you're trying to do and you would just cut off all the excess in order to shape it into a vase. Instead, you get the hunk of clay on the wheel. It's uh -huh. just unformed and, and it's spinning. That's and your you offer? Get, you get it going. And no, the point I'm trying okay, to make yeah. is you're not going to be able to just chisel out this beautiful vase from a hunk of clay right off the bat, but you just need to get the hunk of clay on the wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in terms of get an offer going so that over time you can tweak the positioning. You can, as it's spinning, as it's already going and moving forward, that's what we did with Wayne. It was like, yeah. okay, we did the pricing. Okay, we changed the positioning. Okay, we made the sales page. Each time that's us chiseling off a different piece of the clay so that we can now have this beautiful vase that works. There we go. So. Yeah. But we couldn't have we couldn't have made this as it is today, Wayman Unlimited, yeah. right off the bat. And sometimes you have to take the piece of clay just off and just throw it away and start over. Sure, bring and some new clay and in. And that's okay. That that is all part of this process. I think the biggest uh, one of the biggest lessons to learn in business is that iterative pivoting, like all these things, it's all part of what everybody goes through. Right. No one just like thinks of an idea turns it into an offer because they have the skill, sells it, and then just their business is booming. Right. It doesn't work that way. It's a lot of iterative process. Right. So uh, <clears throat> I'm actually going to pull this from, we did an entire coaching session on this called Identifying Your Offer, but this was really helpful for people. So we think of your offer as three different types of like, we call them offer models that you can set up in your business. And we always have like a fun story or metaphor to you guys can't believe that can you i mean straight off of the pottery wheel yeah, metaphor yeah, yeah but this entire coaching session the m metaphor behind it was a chef yeah. with recipes yeah. so, okay so these names that will make more sense when i tell you in a second so there's three different offer models that your business can fall under the first one is what we call the exceptional chef's kiss offer 
Nice. And that just means you have one signature offer. You sell that one thing and your entire business resides on that. Wayman Limited is a perfect example. It is our core yep. product. It's the only thing that we sell. Yeah. People ask us, hey, can you sell us the Notion Starter Pack by itself? No, we cannot. We have one chef's we have kiss. One that's the only thing we That's sell. Right. We make it easy on ourselves because we've done these other ones and it's not the way we run around our business. So Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is what we call a tasting menu. Yes. Or it's commonly known as a value ladder. Yeah. And this is multiple products that kind of hit at different price points and different parts of your customer's journey. Yeah. So you might have a, you know, a low tier introductory product offer, a mid tier higher valued product offer, and then then it would work up to kind of that chef's kiss, like ultimate signature offer. Yeah, okay? exactly. And just to give you an example, because sure. these are just fun to give examples. So let's say you're teaching branding as yep. a thing. So let's say you have a branding ebook for $27. Yep. It's just like learn the principles of branding in a super awesome unicorn infested way, right? That's your <laughs> your branding ebook. Then in, at the end of the branding ebook or separate of that, you have the branding course. This is your course that teaches. A little bit more in depth, yep. get the whole process. You also learn how to apply branding to Squarespace. That's sure, included. Sure, sure. Then you have your one-on-one -on -one branding package that you Custom, offer to people. start to finish. If they just get, go through those first two products and they're like, eh, it's not for me, I don't wanna do it myself, I'm gonna hire someone who's really good to do this. Yep. So your ladder goes up. Those are those, three offers, yeah. and then you're hitting an offer at each point of the customer's journey. That is a tasting menu or a value ladder. Yep. And then the third kind of model that your business can fall under is just what we call all a la carte yep. offers. Yep meaning you have multiple different products and offers and they don't there is no real roadmap between them you yep. just sell different things at different times this was a hundred percent my jason does stuff business same with made vibrant same with made vibrant made vibrant i think was a, like a little bit more cohesive but i was just all over the map sure. like i just had like all these different things i mean i guess towards the end you did too because you had like yeah. draw your memories and acrylic expirations and you know yeah. um but this was this is not a bad place to it's be not. none of these business models are better than one or the exactly. other exactly it's just about if you if if you want to make sure you have an understanding of how your business works, it's good to know what offer model you're operating in. So you can say, okay, great. I am at the a la carte stage of my business. And a lot of times these work in kind of the reverse order. You start at the a la carte and you're like, I'm just going to kind of try a bunch of different things. Because you need to experiment. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna create a course. I'm going to write an ebook. I'm going to do a, a little one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching offer. I'm going to do some of these other things. Okay, cool. Now I feel like I really like the course that I built and I wanna build that more of a business. So I'm gonna create a tasting menu from that. So I'm gonna do a mini version of that course. And then I'm also gonna do a like paid one-on-one -on -one thing or like a group program that people can go through. It's a bigger thing. Great, now I'm moving into the value ladder. Then maybe you do that for a couple of years and you're like, that's all well and good, but I'm just really finding like, I just wanna go all in on just my coaching program if that's well, what I wanna do. Yeah, because at that point, you know what leads people into that. Right. And so you have a clearer, picture of what you need to do in order to sell that chef's kiss offer which leads me into the next question and kind of the crux of this entire episode is okay which of these you know offer models is best yep. and so it's a little bit of a trick question because as jason pointed out none of them are better than the others it just depends on you and how you want your business to operate and so you really need to identify what the pros and cons of each of these models are so that you can see if it aligns with what you want out of your business so we can bop back, back and forth here, but I think what makes the chef's kiss model really great is just that it gives you laser focus, clarity of your messaging, 
Um, and all your time is spent working on that one signature offer. So you really feel like you're not pulled in too many different directions. And the thing that I wrote down about this was the word simplicity. Yeah. So if you are in the a la carte model right now, or even the value ladder, you might reach a place where you just feel like you're torn. You're being torn in too many different directions. You're Natalie directions. and You're Natalie and Bruglian. Yeah. Nothing's right, I'm torn. Wow. <clears throat> we might get a copyright strike because of that how close been, that was. That would have been a lot more beautiful had I not had a some little phlegm. phlegm yeah, in my yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a phlegm, Natalie and Bruglia. Okay. And um, it wouldn't have been more beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that was where we got to. We were just yeah. like, gosh, we're so kind of exhausted yep. from you know, the mental effort that it takes to be like, okay, now it's better branding course and I need to go to all these different offers. And so we really just were looking for simplification. And Jason kind of dipped his toe into that when he did his Buy My Future project, which was ultimately the seed that planted pulling all of our various products and expertise under one core product, which is now Wayme Unlimited. Yep. Yes, our sponsor. That's yeah, our sponsor. Yeah, that's our sponsor, yeah. <clears throat> So that is the pro. Um, the con of the chef's kiss, the only downside is like you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And it's a lot of pressure for one offer. And I'll be honest, it's it's more boring, I would say, than it used to yeah. be. Yeah, I, I think that part of the chef's kiss is it's good to almost do the chef's kiss as like your look further down the road and you want to get to the chef's kiss because I feel like at the point we got to it, we were looking for some boredom. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we were kind of done, like especially me, I was, I had done all these crazy ideas for years mm -hmm. between I wear your shirt and selling my last name and sponsor my book and then the buy my future. And like, they're, they're all fun, but they're exhausting. They just right. take so much mental ed effort and energy. And there's so much uncertainty. And you just don't know. And then a lot of times the revenue behind them, kind of the business model is very unpredictable. And so we really wanted was just something that was predictable, something that we could keep up with, and that delivered value to people. They could feel like this is well worth the money and I can continue to pay for this. Yeah. So moving on to the value ladder or the tasting menu, I think what's great about this is if you're still in that place where you do love the newness of creating products and the experimentation of working on different things, that works great for you because let's say you have three different offers that you can kind of bop between. Yep. But if you're craving a little bit more strategy behind it, yep. you're like, you know what? I'm tired of none of these things feeling seem like they're lining up. I'm ready to align my offers in such a way that I, I feel like at least when I'm working on my low tier offer, for example, that branding PDF, it feels like I'm still contributing to the overall vision because I see the very clear you know, roadmap between my three offers. Versus the a la carte, when you're working on your different products, you feel like, okay, if I'm working on this hand lettering course over here, it doesn't feel like it relates a whole ton to my, you know, ta taekwondo course. Oh, wow. You have a taekwondo and, course? Well, I was going to. <laughs> okay. And so you're like, so it feels like the time you spend on the hand lettering doesn't really apply to the taekwondo and vice versa. But if you say, okay, actually, I'm going to create a value ladder just with my best selling course, which is my hand lettering. And that's, I'm going to build an entire value ladder around that. So you, you get this great middle ground between feeling like you're strategic, things are simplified a little bit, but you still get that excitement of working on different products. Yeah, and I'll just give you a little pro tip thrown in here. If you are going the value ladder approach, remember that every product in the value ladder is an opportunity to promote the next product in the value ladder. Exactly. And too often, we've been guilty of this as well, you'll put together this amazing ebook but then it doesn't leave anybody with like a call to action of what they could do next to right. get more of that thing. Right. So think that through when you're trying to put your business into the value ladder model, if that's the way you're going, or if it exists now is, 
if you have an online course, add a lesson at the end of the course that says, get my next whatever that thing is. That's you helping someone go up the next ladder in the or next rung in the ladder. If you have an ebook, add a call to action at the bottom of it of like, hey, get my course and then do that. Um, if you have a one-on-one -on -one offering of some sort, make sure there's some call to action throughout all of your products that someone could find that from you. And pro tip number two, with every product you create, you should always have some sort of like welcome email automation. Mm -hmm. And we love to do this in like four emails that people get one a week after they buy something. So the first one is just like, welcome to the thing. Here's how you get access. Next week, hey, you bought this thing. Go get some good uh, lesson or some tips in this lesson. The next one after that is, hey, how are you enjoying this? Like, give me, you know, let me know what you think about it. Just reply and share. That's how you can also get better at making and honing the product and the offer. And then the fourth one could be, You've had this thing, congratulations, hope you got through everything. By the way, here's the next thing that I have to offer you. And that automated email sequence becomes a little bit of a sales funnel for you when people buy. And those people are very interested in purchasing from you because they've already purchased from you. So just two pro tips for you there. Love the pro tips. Thank you. So moving on to the kind of final stage of this episode, I want to talk about, you know, once you decide what kind of offer model you want your business to be set up as, you might ask yourself, well, I have a whole bunch of different ideas for like what makes a good offer idea. That that might be where you, the place you are now. And so we wanted to give you a couple of different uh, variables that we think about when evaluating your ideas. People ask me this all the time. They're like, how do I know yeah. what to work on? And I'm I take a very sort of methodical approach to this. I tell them to make a matrix, mm -hmm. like a little graph where you have all of your ideas and evaluate them or give them a score based on these three metrics. The first one is what we call scalable and sustainable. The second one is interesting to you. And the third one is, is it validated? So let's dive into each of these. These are kind of the three components of a good profitable offer. So the first one, scalable and sustainable. This just means take your idea and run the numbers. Yeah. This is what we call it. Think of what you might want to price it. Yeah. Think of how much time it's going to take to build the thing. Think of how many sales you can, you know, kind of expect and run those numbers. How much revenue is it potentially going to gain you versus how much time do you think it's going to take? So a good example of this is like back in the day, I remember when I was selling art prints, you know, after a couple of weeks, it was became very clear to me to run the numbers and see, I mean, I should have done this and I think I did do this before, but I just wanted to do the idea. But the thing about a physical product is that your margins are so low because it costs you so much to produce the physical good and then to ship the physical good and then with art prints I couldn't charge very much I think I charged like 20 to 25 dollars per print which was actually kind of high at the end of the day I'm only making you know five to ten dollars off each print I yeah. have to sell so many yeah. of those for such a time investment that time investment never really gets to economies of scale because I was doing all the shit well my assistant was also but then I was paying for my assistant so you know once you run those numbers, you see that that offer is actually not a very scalable or sustainable offer. Yeah. And had I done that exercise before and I had like a lot of different ideas, I would have been like, okay, this offer would have gotten a low score in terms of scalable and sustainable. I think one of the most important things you can do as a business owner now or future business owner who's running those numbers is to go, what's realistic for the size of audience I have or will have? Yes. And you realize, okay, to make the art print business work, like if that was to be your full-time thing, you need a much larger audience because right. you're only making five to $10 per print. Okay, I need 500 people to buy, you know, like whatever the number is to be able to get like a reasonable thing. And then you look at your audience and go, oh, well, I only have like 
a thousand people on Instagram and like a couple hundred people on an email list, I'm never going to get 500 sales per month. Like that's just not realistic. Right. And you have to be realistic with what you can charge and what you can make based on your audience size. So I just think it's a really important thing to do in this stage of your business when you're going, what idea should I do? Well, also understand what audience size you currently have. Yeah, and by the way, that doesn't mean never do that idea. It means be strategic as a business owner and say, okay, here's where I am in total revenue with my business. I need to get to X, Y, and Z in order to cover my bills or whatever. Okay, I'm gonna table that art print idea for a year down the road when, you know, revenue chunks are not my biggest priority or or when I can at least cover my bills and then that's not my biggest priority. So just be strategic about what yeah. you're looking for when you evaluate these offer ideas. It goes back to our longevity or legacy versus longevity episode we recorded. I don't know what number it was. You can scroll back through the podcast and find it. But you know, the art print business idea is more of kind of a legacy, legacy idea. Yeah. And your longevity would be your Squarespace design services that you offer people. And that may not be the thing that lights you up and you love to do, but it pays the bills. Right. It's easier to sell. It's easier to get those clients than it is to somehow get 500 people to be buying prints every month from you. Right. So that is scalable and sustainable. So the second category is interesting to you. I think I just had a little idea. I should have said this earlier, oh, but it's okay. Uh, like we did in our content salad episode, we the coaching session, if you want to send us an email, we'll give you access to this full coaching session. Okay. So that's for those of you who listened this far in and like right. you're like taking notes. So you're just like, oh, how am I going to like t- consume all this information? Hello at wanderinggamefully.com. Mention you listen to this episode and uh, ask for the identifying your offer coaching session and we'll send you the direct video link and you can watch it back and you can go through everything we've been talking about and have like some actionable stuff from it. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Uh, love it when you just... Just throw that in yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to the second category of what makes a great offer is it interesting to you? This one's pretty yes. simple, but you guys know we're not all about just making money for money's sake. If this is an offer that you're going to spend your time on, you want to make sure it's something that lights you up. Yeah. So, um, and this doesn't mean that the ultimate one that you pick is going to be the one that you're most excited about. It just means that when evaluating, again, going back to that matrix, you want to assign it a score depending on if it's interesting to you so that you can see, okay, What's the one that's the most scalable, but also the one that's somewhat interesting? Yeah, and I think it's really important at this stage of ident- of like figuring out your ideas, if they're going to be good offers, is to go, well, do I want to do that thing? Exactly. Like, uh, there are so many Waymers that we see who they see our, us doing a group coaching program, like, I think I might want to do a group coaching program. Like, great. Do you want to create a curriculum every month? Do you want to do a live video of some sort every month? Do you want to facilitate a community? Do you want to do all that? And they're like, oh, no. (laughs) I'm like, that's awesome. Then you know that that's not, you know, like it looks good as a compelling business model, but it's not something that you have direct interest in. And it's okay. It's just good to evaluate those things. Right. So instead of just seeing shiny business opportunity everywhere that works for other people, you sit down and go, well, do I want to do this thing? Even something as simple as writing an ebook. Do I want to sit down and write all of the words that it takes to write an ebook? No, I don't like writing. So I'm not going to write an ebook. Just as an example of something to also evaluate. Right. So then the the last uh, little variable here is can you validate the idea? So is it somewhat validated? And by validated, we just mean there's demonstrated demand from your audience for this offer. And, you know, there's different ways that you can do this, but I really love the approach of starting small with validating an idea and then kind of building upon each other. So like something very small would be, oh, I have an idea for this offer. Let me just 
put up a quick Instagram story or post about like, is anyone interested? Here's what I'm thinking. See what the what the feedback is yeah. from that, right? That's just a very small, like don't build an entire offer based on that. But that should give you some type of idea of if people are responding to it or not. Then if they are, take that and maybe do something a little bit more formal, like send an email to your email newsletter with a survey saying yeah. like, getting some more insight into what someone might want in, you know, building upon this idea. Then you get a gauge of demand from that and you say, okay, people seem to be interested. Okay, now let me create a landing page, like a pre-launch page. Let me gather emails. Let me promote it on my social for a month and see what, how many people actually are signing up to be interested. And then of course, if that still is working, then the final step could be to actually do a pre-launch or a pre-sale where you're saying, put your money where your mouth is. Like, I'm going to do this course. Now I've gotten enough of an inkling that this is something that you guys want put, you know, put down, you get a discount or whatever if you pre-buy. Yep. And that's the best validation you could possibly get for an offer because you know that there's actually demonstrated demand. There's yeah. People are willing to pay for it. Those four stages of validation, I think, are something that we do unconsciously at this point. Yeah. But it's something that if you have never done before, it's not, you don't think of it that way. You might just think like, oh, I'll just do an Instagram story and then I'll jump right from there to selling the to thing. To make the offer, right. And, and it, you know, you kind of like missed a couple things in there. And the other thing to just throw out there is that time is your friend when it comes to validating an offer. And what I mean by that is it's okay that it takes a little bit longer to validate your offer because it does two things. Number one, if people are really interested in it, they'll keep asking you about it. That's when you know you really have something people want, uh, you, you know, you to create something for. The second is, Again, going back to the interesting, it's your own interest in it. So if it takes you a month or two months to do Instagram story, a survey to your audience, a landing page with an email capture, and then eventually doing a pre-sale of some sort, you haven't even touched building the product yet. But your interest wanes at like the second or third mark of that, then this is not an offer you should create because you're not that interested in it. Yeah. And so it's really helpful to have these four stages of validation that you can go through and go, oh, I'm seeing, you know, my audience just drops off when they have to input their email address. Okay, so like they just wanted to support my ideas and they said this was cool, but actually like investing in their email address, which is not really much of an investment, but if people aren't even willing to do that, then they're probably not going to buy it. Yeah, I just remembered right after we did our spring enrollment of Wayman Limited, one of the new products that we added to Wayman was a Notion starter pack. It's like a whole system within the app Notion to organize your small business and I never got so many messages after that enrollment closed that people said, hey, can I just buy the Notion starter pack? And so Jason and I really thought about it and said, should we sell this as a standalone offer? Um, and we thought we may even made a list of all the, so, the, so kind of like, you know, scalable and sustainable. We, we thought about the time investment versus the uh, money yep. output. And we, we said, here's what it would take. Here's what we could probably make off of it. And then we got busy with other things and let it marinate. And then before I knew it, like two weeks had gone by and the luster had worn off. And I was yeah. like, it's not worth it. Yeah. Like it's not worth it to us. So it was actually, a we had so much validation of that idea because we had so many people actually asking us for this product. And ultimately we just decided that it wasn't interesting enough for us that yeah. we didn't care to do it. And we're just yeah. going to keep it inside Wayne for now. And it goes back to our business model. Our offer model is the chef's kiss. chef's kiss and we just know that it, anything we do that's outside of that is only going to distract from making sure that our chef's kiss offer is as good as possible yeah and so if someone really wants a notion starter pack guess what you got to join wayman limited our sponsor of this episode <laughs> 
so that it wraps it up. I mean, we gave you so much to think about as far as identifying your offer, yep. deciding if it's better to do one chef's kiss offer or do a value ladder. Hopefully we've given you enough little seeds to be planted in your brain that maybe over the next course of week or whatever, you can start to ask yourself some of these questions and realize whether maybe you want to re, uh, maybe you want to change offer models. Maybe you want to reorganize the way that your offers are being presented to your audience right now. Or maybe you had the realization that you don't have a skill honed yet, yet and you need to invest in honing that skill. And I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I can't stress enough how important it is to hone a skill that someone can see that you are in quote unquote expert or authority for that then they'll it'll be easy for them to buy from you and i go back to my uh sponsorship course as an example i landed two thousand paid sponsors before i made a sponsorship course i could have made that course after 30 it would have been fine but i i just didn't have the the like my own personal validation that I was good enough to teach that until I got to this place where not only had I had 2000 paid sponsors, but also a lot of people were asking me like, hey, like what did you learn through all this? Like what could you teach? And that's not to say at all that you need to do something 2000 times, but I do think there is something really important to be stressed here about the, the time that it takes to hone a skill is longer than what everybody on Instagram and Pinterest and everybody is preaching that you can learn overnight. It's going to take longer than you think and be okay with that. Honing that skill and taking that time is a good thing. It's an investment in your business and in your life moving forward. Absolutely. All right, let's get to the movies. Movies. We just watched one movie. We watched one and then we're also going to shout out the show that we watched because it's a great show. Okay. All right. So the first movie is one I've been excited to watch since it came out because I remembered the first one being so yes, good. Yes, it's not a classic. It's not a classic. We... We're like taking a break from classic movie nights. We're just movie Watch nights. Movies. <laughs> yeah. So we watched Crudes two. two. Give them the rating right away. Nine point five. Yeah. It's uh, so good. Really, when it was over, you were like, "That's a 10. I and know, I was but like, "Well, I've been well, giving out a lot of 10s. You're giving out tens. <laughs> and there were like just a couple body shaming things that yeah. just were like they didn't need. Like the rest of the movie. Writing is great. Yeah. The jokes are good. If you have not heard of or seen the first Crudes, we would absolutely recommend watching that. But once you're like, once you are starting to unlearn some of the body messaging that we get in media, yeah. I can't help but something, some little lines of dialogue, I'm like, is and that it's not, what we want to be telling Yeah, kids? and it's not really bad. Like, there's no, nothing no, no. malicious like, in this. A perfect example yeah. would be like, you know, the character, like Ryan Reynolds' character, who's an animated character, and the thing, he's like a teenage boy. Yeah. And he's looking through an album of like, quote unquote, pictures. It's just like little cave drawings of his family or whatever. And his little sidekick like laughs and he's like, I know, I know I was skinny or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like little stuff like that where I'm like, okay, so the message that we're getting right there is that being quote unquote skinny as a boy is something to laugh at and be made right. fun of. And I'm like, why do we need that to be about yeah. our body at all? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like little stuff like that. Or like the mom had a line of dialogue that was like, we can fit in the panic room or whatever if we both suck in. And yeah. I'm like, okay. So, you but it's, yeah, it's little things that take away, like they, they don't so take away. I can't away. give it a 10. Yeah. You can't give it a 10. But overall, the movie has some really good messaging. Oh my gosh. I, about like, family. Overall, the themes. Yeah. I love the layered themes where, the, you know, they have like a more simple theme that I feel like kids can really get and then a more layered theme that only adults will get. And I think that's really cool. The creativity is off the freaking charts yeah. in terms of the set design. This, I mean, they're animated sets, yeah. but like 
the like Swiss Family Robinson kind of vibe of them creating this like uh you know paradise yeah. of treehouse thing the like a couple things come to mind of like the window being yeah a, a, TV. a metaphor for the TV yeah. or a tablet like just so well creative. all the animals too like they do such a good oh, the job of like of the animals the mashups of animals the wolf spider uh, the sleep pile the sleep pile is yeah. one of the funniest so things so it's just really creative it's that's a, what I think I love most yeah. about it is the creativity it's a so crudes c r o o d um, shocking enough to those of you who might not hear it right away Nicolas Cage is the voice of the father and yeah. I remember when we watched the first one I was like. Is that Nicolas Cage? Yeah. And like, I just think of him as such a weird person. And then I'm like, but his voice is perfect for it's this great. character. Yeah. Uh, so would definitely recommend Crudes and Crudes 2. Definitely start with the first one. Uh, just really fun, easygoing watch. We laughed. We cried. It was great. It's great. All and right. Second up, yeah. uh, we're not going to talk about the movie that we tried to we watch. We turned one off. We turned we're the movie gonna, off. We're not going to Proud of it. ourselves for that. I'm Why proud of you. You don't need to be proud. It's just well, more like... I now the podcast is becoming my lit, litmus test for yeah listen you're kind of have a three strikes if you're out rule like sometimes we watch stuff and I'm like a line of dialogue or a thing about this especially if we're watching a movie like in the 90s in the 90s yeah. or in the 2000s I'm like okay we've evolved as a species since then but I'm a three strikes and you're out. Like yeah. if it's three strikes and and then I'm like, okay, well now this is just becoming like a choice. Like I feel like you should have known better. <laughs> also, time. every movie from the 90s starts with one strike. Yeah, Like it's exactly. just like within the first 10 like, minutes, boom, strike. You're yeah. like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we turned off a movie. We're not going to mention what it was. And then we finished up the last two episodes of, or we watched two episodes. We had one more, yeah. right? Of Ted Lasso, the first season. Yes. The first season. So I... When Ted Lasso came out, I remembered the commercials that they did. Mm -hmm. So I was so excited. I just blew through it. It you was really did. fantastic. You didn't watch it. You were watching was other stuff. Was it during stuff. the pandemic? I think so. And you were also, I think this was like peak survivor time or something for you. Oh, it might You were been. just like locked in. Yeah. Uh, so I tore through it, loved it. And I remember telling you after every episode, like, this show just makes you feel good. Like, yeah. it, it, even if it's sad, like, it just makes you feel differently than any other show. Yeah. We've talked about on the show, on this podcast before, because I mentioned the Ted Lasso shortbread biscuits, which yes. I made. They're, they're amazing. They're dangerous. They're good. Um, but the second season came out a couple weeks ago. And so now I'm, I'm like, it's one, of the, it's one of the few things that I almost want to watch and not tell you because oh, you I just want to watch it so badly because it's so good. But I'm not going Speaking to because I'm a great husband. You are a great husband. Uh, yeah, I was just, I just didn't want it to be over. And so I, we've just been like watching it slowly. But, you know, now now I'm ready to get yeah. to the second season also. But it's just, you know, and I've been seeing some chatter online about people either like, like, oh, I don't get the Ted Lasso hype or it was just like classic humans. Like can't yeah. just enjoy a thing. Um, and whatever, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. But God, do we have a lot of opinions these days. <laughs> um, which is why we have the podcast to share our opinions. Yeah. <laughs> about opinions. That's what we talk about. But I just love it. I just feel like there's these little, you know, isms of writing and humanity. And it, it's like Jason said, it just makes me feel a different way than any other show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if, you, if you've been on the fence, if you're someone who's been like, oh, I haven't watched it, but everyone's told me, you should absolutely watch Ted Lasso. Doesn't it mean you have to like it, but no, it's sure. worth giving it a shot. Yeah, it's, it's just, I think, I think you'd get into it for most people listening to this show and be like, yeah, that was good. That was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next week, hopefully we'll be back with two actual movies. But Maybe. if not, we'll find out. You'll find out. Everyone will find out. <laughs>